0: What is up? It is your girl Ray. Yay. (laughs) Listen, listen, I am super duper excited about this episode. Um, it is a very serious episode and I'm hoping I don't cry. I don't think I will. I'm totally okay. But I felt like this was necessary. Um, God put it on my heart. So I am going to speak on it. It is going to uh, be speaking on suicide, depression, gun violence, and death. So, viewer discretion is advised. Um, Anyone under 13 can listen, but just make sure they are aware, okay? Okay. So... We're not going to waste any more time. Let's jump right into it. Okay. So I know that I am new to this podcasting thing, this podcasting world, and you all do not know me and, you know, you're getting to know me um, each and every episode. So this particular episode, I am going to tell... little bit of my story and just uh, the place that I am in today. And I really feel like um, there are a lot of people who need to hear this. So just remember, guys, always leave a review, share, and just let people know, man. Just let them know. And it's so appreciated by me, seriously. Okay, so... On March 3rd, 2018, which was my mom's birthday, shout out to my mom, she is everything, Um, my son's father was at a house party with his girlfriend, and he got into an altercation with a young man, and the young man shot and killed him. And it was, and it, uh, correction, it is by far the hardest thing I have ever experienced. And, you know, when it initially happened, I, I kind of remember, I don't know, it's almost like I can't even explain how I felt. I I don't know. I can't, I can't, I can't explain it. I can't put the feeling, the feeling that I had at that moment. I can't explain it. Um, But my son was very close to his father. They were best friends. And, he had him as a best friend for 14 years, which gives me comfort because I feel like there are some people who who would never get to experience that. So that alone, it just makes me happy because it's a blessing that he had his dad for that long. And it was a, a very um, tight relationship and those two men they understood each other <laughs> so you know it was it was awesome it was a blessing that my son had that i think that when you lose someone like that suddenly the initial shock is almost physically painful because I think sometimes we walk around and we don't realize that just that fast we can lose somebody that we love. Like we, I, I just because I, I just remember I remember at that time being really happy. Like I was happy. I was good. I had a good job. And, you know, I had a nice apartment in North Carolina and my son was doing good in school. And it just seemed like it seemed like life was normal and okay. And just that quick, both of our worlds was turned upside down. There's a lot that I want to say, but. I'm gonna say what I feel I need to say. When he first died, I felt really sorry for myself. I felt like I had failed my son. And for those of you that's listening, asking, "Well, how do how did you fail your son?" I felt like maybe if I just would have married my son's father. (laughs) we would still be together. We would have had a life in North Carolina and he'd still be alive. I don't know. I just, I felt like this real strong guilt. I felt like, I don't know. I just felt like it was me. I don't know. It's so weird. So here's, here's, here's the thing. About three weeks before he passed, God started putting on my heart really heavy. And when I say heavy, heavy, that I needed to ask my son's father to move to Charlotte, North Carolina, to live with us. And God also put in my heart to help him get a job because I had some connections at that time in North Carolina. And I remember kind of being like, wait, what? (laughs) I'm like, man, listen, I'm on and off because at the time I'm on and off with my ex-boyfriend who would just randomly pop up at my house at four o'clock in the morning. And he was crazy. And even though, you know, him and my son's father were actually really, really cool. Like they hung out a few times. So they had a relationship. But I was just telling God, like, nah, I can't do that now. You know, that's that's I can't have that man in here. My ex, are, you know, they cool, but they not that cool, you know. Um, but God kept putting it in my spirit. Y'all, I cannot explain it. God kept telling me, break him to North Carolina, bring him to North Carolina. And I still have the phone with the text messages of me begging him, not begging him, but asking him over and over to come. And he kept telling me, he kept saying, Ray, I'm coming, man. I'm coming. I, you know, I got to get some my stuff straight with school. If I can get that transferred over, I'm coming. I said, listen, I can get you a job where my cousin works. They start you off. I think it was like 19 an hour. I was like, I can get you a job. You know, when you come here, it, it won't be any, you know, sex or anything like that. It's just, you, you know, you getting on your feet. I don't mind taking you to school. And listen, this is how I know this is God because my son's father and I did not have that type of relationship. Like we we were we were best friends. I loved him dearly, but we we was not like that. And for me to be willing to give this man my car at that time, I know it was something that was really nudging me to do this. So I was like, listen, you can leave your car at your mom's house. I know like he was having issues with his car. I was like, you can use my car and you could just take me to work and you can go to work until you know you get your own car. I still have the text messages in my phone today. I don't know what I said verbatim, but I just remember like sending him these messages. And he was like, I'm coming. I promise you I'm coming. I just need to get some stuff straight three weeks before he passed away. And I didn't even realize this was three weeks until probably about a month ago when I looked in that old phone and I checked the dates on the the messages. And I was like, wow, this is literally three weeks before he passed. So, you know, I think that um, the last conversation Yeah, this was the last conversation we had. The very last conversation that we had before he passed, it was about, it was like a three-hour conversation. Which is crazy because me and him don't talk that long. Like, you know, normally when we talk, it'd just be like, oh, this is what's going on with, you know, our son. Or I tell him a funny story or he'll tell me something with his family because, you know, I I know his family. And he'll tell me, you know, something funny when his cousins did or, you know, his sisters or something like that. And that's it. Keep it light. For some reason, this last conversation, it was a three-hour conversation. And it's funny because he's not real talkative. And I remember just him rushing me like, okay, all right, I got to (laughs) go. And I just kept talking, 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 talking. And it's funny because, I—I, you know, that's him. But one thing that he said on this conversation that has always stood out to me and will always stand out to me He says, I remember I was fussing at him. It was like towards the middle of the conversation. It's always like that. Like our conversations would be like real kind of, you know, general in the beginning. And then in the middle, it gets serious and it gets a little heated. And then at the end, we're like both just joking around and good. It's so weird, but whatever. Um, But I remember in the middle of the conversation, I said, you need to do better when it comes to your son. I said, you need to be there for him more. You need to do things with him more as a father, as far as like sports, spending quality time with him. I said, you definitely need to do better. You really do. And I said, you need to get not just a job, but you need to start a career. I said, because you are getting older, we're both getting older, and we need to be our best selves for our son. My son's father was not an emotional guy. Not at all. And when I say not emotional, I mean he was not the type to pour his heart out. And he was not the type to really tell you how he felt about things. He kept a lot of things to himself. He kept a lot of his pain to himself. And I remembered in this conversation, he says... And I'm going to tell you totally raw exactly how, I said, how he said it. He said, You know, I want a career. I, I want a good job. He was like, But man, it seemed like every time a door opened for a nigga, the door closed right back again. And even while I say that, my heart is beating like so fast. Because in that moment, I couldn't even fuss anymore. And I remember that's exactly how he said it. I couldn't even fuss anymore because I even heard the hurt in his voice when he said it. He's not emotional. But I heard that hurt. And I felt the sympathy and the love for him that I never felt in a way before. Because normally I'd go off on him. Normally I'd be like, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Don't care. Ha, ha, ha. All you want to do is be up under your girlfriend. Like I used to do stuff like that to him. And at that moment, I felt such compassion, such love, such understanding as someone who has always had doors closed on her as well. And out of all the, the, the conversations that we had out of the our relationship, out of the years that we've known each other, I have never related to him more than that one statement. It was the realest, rawest moment him and I had ever had. And so. It was so hard. It was so hard trying to navigate through motherhood as a for real, for real single parent. It was so hard to deal with my son sleeping all day. And I knew that the sleep came from depression. It was so hard to seeing my son not eat like that. It was so hard to see my son staring out the window and his eyes tearing up and him trying to hide his pain. And for the, I would say for a good six months after he passed, I really, really, I really, really just, I didn't know. Like, I I just didn't think I could do it. I don't mean life. I mean, just in general. I just didn't know how I was going to function. I didn't know how I was going to be the best mom I could be because I don't know I don't know y'all. I can't explain it. I just can't. I can't tell you how I felt. There is a certain hunger that I believe parents get when they have children. It is a certain hunger that you get. You now know that your life is no longer about you. It is about that child, it's about that beautiful baby. I didn't initially get that hunger when I had my son because I was a spoiled brat, I was a privileged child. And I felt like my mom and everybody else around me would just do what I need for my son, and I didn't really have to do anything. And it made me lazy, and it didn't give me a hunger. Now, sure, I loved my son, and I wanted to be there for him, but I didn't have a hunger. Because if he was hungry, somebody would feed him if I couldn't. If he was thirsty, somebody would give him something to drink if I couldn't. I remember birthdays and Christmas, me not being able to buy him anything and my mom buying his whole Christmas or, you know, so. There's a certain hunger that you get, but I didn't get it. And I'm being real because this is real life with Ray, huh? All of a sudden. When his dad died. And let me say this. I have definitely I became a better mother when he was much younger. absolutely. before his fourteenth birthday, um, my son and I definitely you know we we grew our relationship. I was an involved mother. I took care of him so it definitely, you know the hunger was there. it, it was there. but there was a certain hunger that I had. After those rough six months that I've never had before as a mom. Because now I have to do whatever I need to do to make sure this child does not lose both of us. And all of a sudden, my drive, my motivation, my faith became on 1,000 because I am going to be the best mom I can be. I am going to take care of my health. I am going to get a physical. I am going to do whatever I need to do to make sure I'm around as long as possible. Because the last thing I'm going to do is allow bad habits and bad people And bad decisions take away two parents. And that hunger, that hunger that I should have had since the day he was born, it was something serious. And you know what? That hunger has never left. That hunger has never, ever left And the way that I love my son, the way that I am there for him is just is, is such on a, a deeper and a better level. I don't always fuss about stupid stuff. And I acknowledge him in every way with everything that he does. And every chance that I have to tell him I love him, I appreciate him, I let him know. And I give it to him raw when it comes to life lessons. I don't sugarcoat anything because this world is going to get real the older he gets. And I can honestly say that I am an amazing mother, and it came from pain, it came from God, and it came from dedication to be that, to be a real mother, an involved mother. Because I no longer have a backup plan when it comes to parenting, his parenting. If, if, if he gets an attitude, if he gives me a hard time, I can no longer say you're going to your father's house. If I have to give him male advice, I can no longer say I'm calling your father, call your dad. I no longer have that option. And so I have to be all of that. Here's the thing. I'm definitely going to get married again one day, no doubt about that. Um, but I'm not selfish with my prayers. I am not selfish. I say, God, just as wonderful as this man will be to me, let him also be to my son. There is no doubt in my mind that I will meet a man that will love my son unconditionally. Not take the place of his father because nobody will ever be able to do that. But he can be an influence and he can be a male um well a male influence and he can show him how to be a man and i still hold on to that prayer that hope and there's no doubt in me that it won't happen There's no doubt is no doubt in me that it won't happen cuz it will it, it it will happen it will happen But in the meantime, (laughs) in the meantime, I am going to be the best mom I can be. I'm going to be the best dad I can be. Y'all, I'm so goofy. I got to make it goofy because we all serious. But I'm going to give him every life lesson that I can give him. So I'm winging it. But you know what? I'm winging it with fire. I'm winging it with dedication. I'm winging it trusting God. And that alone has been working. (laughs) And I have a wonderful son. He's so respectful. And he's back to himself. You know, I had told my cousin this about my son. I said, whoever... Whatever child I had of March 3rd, 2018, that child is gone. I I don't have that child, and that's fine. But what I do have is a child that is stronger, a child with a powerful story, a child with a powerful testimony, and a child that's going to change other lives other children lives, other people lives that have experienced what he has. And you know what? I'm really okay with that. (laughs) I am really okay with that. So it's so much more to this story y'all, but it would be a five hour podcast, but it is going to be a part two. And, um, I'm actually going to do an interview with my son, but we never want to force someone to speak on something when it comes to grief. So I'm going to give him all the time he needs, but we are going to have that interview one day. We are. We are. When he's ready, we're gonna have it. And I want you guys just to hear it from his persp- his um perspective. You know? And I'm really excited to hear that. He's a very uh very intelligent, very articulate, very expressive child when he wants to be. And so I think this interview is gonna be absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, but what I won't do is I won't rush it. I definitely won't rush it. But guys, I just want to motivate anybody that has lost a co-parent, a spouse, boyfriend, whatever, that you can't afford to give up. Because you know what? Giving up is so easy. It is so easy to feel sorry for yourself and say, Woe is me and cry it out and think that if the world is against you, that God is against you and it'll never get better. I am literally living proof that after going through a very horrible breakup, after losing my my child's father, God changed our lives in an amazing way. And this story had to be told. And it's going to keep being told because there's so many people in life that's given up after losing a loved one. And so, you know, I'm just proud of myself. I'm proud of my son. And I'm just proud of the life that we're living and I'm proud of how mentally, you know, healthy we are. And again, I'm in therapy, so I'm constantly trying to grow as a mom, as a woman. And, you know, when my, my son, he's actually uh he's in my in my hometown for the summer in South Carolina. But when he comes home, we're going to do uh, der- therapy together. So, you know, I'm constantly trying to just help us grow, to help us to be better people and to grow in our faith and to trust God. And I just believe that it's only up from here. So I'm just glad to be in this place. Y'all, you, j- you just have no idea. And so just to anybody listening you can be in that place too. And so guys, that's all I have for today. This will be part one. I can't tell you when part two is coming, but it's coming. But, uh, <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Make sure you write that review. Make sure you share with your friends, especially family, especially to anybody that's lost a loved one. Um, Just make sure they listen to this podcast and guys just know that it is going to be okay. It seems like it's not, but it is. I promise. But I love y'all, man. Thank you for giving me your time. It is very much appreciated. If I sound tired, I am. But y'all have a good night. Thanks for listening. Peace out.